Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is Hold Me Tight by Sue Johnson. I have read this book. I have also done the workbook and taken her online video courses. So I thought I would review this one since I am familiar with it. And it's all about taking your relationships to a new level. Think about it. What is your current relationship like? Is it wonderful, blissful, perfect? Or are there struggles and frustrations at times? Of course, any long-term relationship isn't going to be always sunshine and rainbows, but is it for the most part a good relationship or do the bad times start to take over and you might want to do something to try and salvage the situation? But how the heck do you do that? So... This book draws on studies from the author's own practice of EFT, which stands for Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy. And the book talks about some common issues that couples can experience and how they can respond to each other in a more emotional way. Also, really important, they learn patterns that they have and learn to reshape how they act in these important moments to form a more strong and long-lasting bond. So, things to think about. Why do we argue so often about some things that are trivial? And how do we stop playing the blame game? And what will it take to bring your sex life to new heights? So these are all answers that Sue Johnson addresses in her book, Hold Me Tight. Now, I truly believe relationships in our life are one of the most important for our mental health, our stability, and Sue Johnson agrees. She says, instability in relationships sparks a primal panic that can start to spiral out of control. So if you think about any argument you've got into with your partner, How do you feel afterwards? What happens to you in the aftermath of that? The more you fight, the more you could sense things are not going well. So you start to panic, overreact, and the endless cycle of arguments goes again and again. In fact, when I read this part of the book, it reminded me of something I learned called the cycle of triggers. What is the cycle of triggers? Here's an example. Let's say you're triggered by something your partner does. For example, they may talk loudly or even yell, and that reminds you of childhood when your parents yelled. So in order to survive or whatever your tactic is to get past those triggers, activates in you. So you may shut down, get quiet, retreat when your partner gets loud or yells. But this then triggers in your partner their fear of abandonment. So they see you shutting down, going away from them, and they want to come closer to you because they're scared you're going to leave. 
but you see that as them pursuing you or coming after you, which then triggers you further. As you can see, you get into a bad pattern of not understanding what the other person needs, which is for the person that shut down is some space. And for the person that feels abandoned, they need reassurance that everything is okay. So this is just one example of how different triggers can cause us to go into these unhealthy cycles. But often couples fight about little things like mundane details of housekeeping or who's doing what in the relationship. And when these arguments spark, people deal with them in different ways. And the problem is that sometimes people's reaction sends them in opposite directions. And then partners tend to blame one another because they can't heal their relationship if they don't recognize the pattern they're in. So Sue Johnson, the author, asks, can you and your partner pass the sour milk test? Now, what is the sour milk test? It's pretty simple. So let's say the milk goes bad in the fridge. A happy couple just simply buys new milk. Well, an unhappy couple begins the notorious blame game. Whose fault was it that the milk went bad? But the author also points out it is natural for humans to want to find faults in others. So what do we have to do? We all have to find our own raw spots that trigger fights. These are places where we feel emotionally vulnerable. While it's true that some people have a very thick skin and you can poke fun at almost anything and they seem to merely laugh until you bring up one of their triggers and that turns them into something very different and they may erupt into violent rage. Why is that? Well, we can blame some past trauma sometimes because these are sensitivities that trigger powerful reactions. They could be part of our fear, like the fear of abandonment. In fact, people's sensitivity points are often attached to painful events from the past or from an earlier relationship or childhood. So if in a past relationship we didn't feel listened to, any sign of that in our current relationship could cause a big emotional reaction. For example, maybe your partner glances at their phone while you're having a conversation and you react in a very strong way. That is because that is something triggering to you. Therefore, if your partner can't understand why you're reacting in an emotional way to what they think is a small event, then it's difficult for them to respond to you in the way that you want or need because they're not mind readers. So that's why it's essential to share your emotional wounds with your partner, no matter how deep they run. And doing this only improves communication in your relationship because your partner will have a better understanding for you and hopefully show empathy to those wounds. When life challenges cause couples to disconnect, it's important to identify why things went wrong. 
Some couples are experts at nipping arguments in the bud with saying something to this degree. Do we really need to fight about this? But when life presents more serious challenges, it can be difficult to act and communicate with such a nonchalant attitude. After all, life always becomes more trying when we have to carry burdens like illness, depression, job loss, loss of a loved one, things that really cause big difficulties. Which is why I say couples with young kids often go through a lot of difficult times because young kids are naturally hard and they require a lot of our time and attention. An example of this would be if you did have young kids and as the woman you felt like you were taking on more of the mental burden and you start to feel like you are doing more of the work and you're also asking for more help around the house and your partner is looking annoyed because maybe they feel overworked at work and they think they're taking on enough of the child rearing role. So during that kind of disconnect, you often get stuck in a cycle of blame and miscommunication. Therefore, to recognize such disconnections and reconnect with your partner, it's essential to analyze how and when things started to go south. First, you must explore what triggered the fights. So if you look at your own patterns, you may realize you started to first get mad when you heard your partner complaining about work being so hard. And you may think to yourself, well, I'm working really hard too. Don't you notice what I'm doing? And maybe you didn't feel listened to when you also expressed how hard work was. So maybe the pattern that's not working for you is not having that time to get listened to as well in your relationship. After you've realized the pattern, you must communicate it to your partner and ask for what you need. Hey, I need to also express myself and feel like I'm being listened to. The author goes on to say, relationships cause trauma that have to be confronted and healed. As couples rebuild their intimacy, old traumas sometimes resurface and get in the way. So when one partner repeatedly denies the other's offering of love, it's likely a traumatic event and it can be really hard on the relationship. Relationships go as far as to inflict trauma when there's things that are too difficult to move past. And these can be more than hurt feelings or disappointment. They occur when the human connection at the core of the partnership is violated, when the partners need each other the most. If we're taking the example from earlier, If you truly feel like you're never listened to time and time again, you may start to totally not trust sharing intimate details of your life with your partner. And therefore, when your partner comes to you and wants to connect, you continuously retreat 
because you recalled how vulnerable you felt in the past and you just feel like, hey, I can't trust you anymore. The author states that luckily such traumas can be resolved, but it requires confronting your partner and also feeling that they can acknowledge the pain that they have inflicted and discussing the traumatic events by unpacking exactly what happened. When a partner is then truly feeling like the other one understands the pain, it can be healed. So strong emotional bonds are at the core of a good sex life that lasts throughout the years, according to Sue Johnson. So some couples may think that their relationship problems stem at least partially from bad sex, but the reality is that bad sex is a product of their emotional challenges. So they have some research they cited in the book, Hold Me Tight, which was a study done in Washington, D.C. that found that happy couples attributed to 15 to 20% of their total happiness to sex, yet unhappy couples put around 50 to 70% of the blame of the relationship problems on bad sex. So in other words, when things get tough, couples often point their fingers at their sex lives. But Sue says what's really happening is the dissatisfied couples are misdiagnosing their problems. They are blaming the bad sex on what could actually be channeled into investigating their troubled relationship because their emotional connection is not there, which makes sex much better because you can communicate and talk about things. Because after all, when couples feel emotionally connected, they're more likely to share their vulnerabilities, which naturally improves their sex life. They can notice when their partner is feeling excited, tense, or relaxed, and they can read each other. But what's more important is that partners who feel comfortable and willing to share with each other about even their insecurities of their body, they feel safer together and freer to have more fun. And another word on trauma, the world is inherently traumatic, unfortunately. So we all need emotional connection to deal with it. Just think about what goes on in the world. That's why I do not listen to the news because it feels like there's endless war, the economy's crap, you know, everyone's fighting and crazy people are out there doing crazy things. So it's overwhelming and the negativity can be stifling. Trauma really isn't as rare as some people may think and it's not just things that happen to you in your childhood. A recent study suggests that as many as 8 to 12 percent of people in the United States suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. So even if we do live in a bit of a traumatized world, luckily we can all heal through emotional bonding. And this is why having a loving partner is the key to a happy, healthy life. Someone you can share everything with and listens to you and you feel emotionally safe with them. They are the key to emotional security. And we don't want to end up in shambles with our relationship because it's so important to 
lovingly communicate with your partner, understand their triggers, vulnerabilities, and show empathy so that you can create the strongest relationship possible and heal from anything that has happened to you in the past. Finally, Sue Johnson says, cuddle your partner for a stronger relationship. Cuddling just releases those feel-good chemicals, and it really helps the physical and emotional bonding. So show those emotions and start hugging, cuddling with your partner, and make sure you treat your relationships like gold. And hey, you get treated like gold as well. Have a great day and I'll see you next week on the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel.